welcome to Securities Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 24. Uh, yes. Securities uh, Conversations 24. It's episode. hard to say, actually. It's like it one is. of those tongue twisters. It is. I don't know Circuitous. why we chose it. Circuitous. Yeah. It's a fun name. It's a fun it word. Is, it is a fun name. Um, Circuit. I like how it emphasizes the UI of the word circuit. Yes. I wonder what that, that's kind of like aluminium. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, but today, uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about sci-fi movies. Science fiction. You know, because uh, I was listening to a podcast today about Inception. Uh-huh. Christopher Nolan. Yes. And, and the people were complaining, you know, making little complaints about the, the arc of Leonardo's character. And just let's just say that there will probably be spoilers in here. So if you don't want to listen to spoilers, I'm sure we're going to mention crap about them. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, so yeah, back so, off. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. I, I liked Inception. Uh-huh. But... I no longer really have the urge to bother to see movies in the theater when they come out. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, it, it makes tons of sense, but I'm curious what that has to do with sci-fi. Well, I guess I guess the thing is that when I was a kid, uh-huh. movies, I mean, new sci-fi, Jurassic Park coming out was like, oh my God, we need to go the first night. Sure, you know? sure. Opening night. You need to see the cleanest print possible with the biggest crowd possible. Yeah, that whole thing. You know, yeah, I need to be sure. one of the first people seeing it. Sure. And now... They don't mean enough to me to even bother watching them on Blu-ray half the time. Yeah. I can, and and I, I, can I, I just – I guess it comes down to how important these things are in our lives as we get older. I mean yeah. there are plenty of people our age who still are kind of crazy and go out at midnight, you know? Well, yeah. And bear in mind um, there are some people out there I, – I, I used to be one of these people. I guess we both were um, to, to, to whom mo- mo- movies to them are – more than just um, and uh, you know a mere seeing a story told on the screen. I mean, it's a social activity. You know, sure. it's like oh, we're going to go out to a movie. I'm going to go with a bunch of friends. Yeah, you know, this is going to be a thing, and then we're going to go out to dinner afterwards and talk about it. Um, Do you think that I, happens as much as it used to? Oh, sure, I'm sure it does. Uh, I actually have a couple of friends who, um, for better or worse, are, are like movie buddies. You know, like uh, I have a couple of friends who. You know, when I, when I want to go see a movie, uh, these are the guys that I, I'll call first. Um, okay. And then one of them is more of a group. You know, we, do, we tend to do things in larger groups and, you know, groups get organized and, and we do what we can. And the other one is, is more of a one, you know, we, it's just me and him or me and him and a buddy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, naturally, as, as we've gotten older and busier, um, it, it's, it's happened fewer, you know, fewer and fewer times. And uh, I guess, the, you know, you factor in other things like the, the cost of, of movies now. They're getting more expensive. and They are. And, uh, hell, I know, uh, I know someone who – or a couple of people now who are also taking this whole bed bugs scare thing a bit too seriously and, and, and you know, saying that as long as that is a, a factor, they're not going to go into New York City movie theaters. You know what? I am possibly one of those people. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not trying to belittle it or anything. I totally understand it, but um, I don't personally, I don't really take it that seriously. Yeah, uh, no, it's true. And I guess, I guess, my question is: is that be, is is my lack of interest? Uh, I don't know. My interest changing as I grow older. Is it that the movies aren't as good? Is it? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's what I've been trying to figure out. Because here's, you know, here's something else to think about. Um, and I think we touched on this 
last time maybe I can't remember. I, I know I had a conversation that touched on this uh, recently with somebody. And I think it was with you, um, and that is that we are definitely in the midst of this 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 time where there is a, 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 an overage of 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 ent- of quality entertainment out there. Whereas when we, we you know to, to compare to the times when you and I were little when we were younger. Um, there, there weren't that many great choices. You know, we, we had, you know, two, what, two or three big blockbusters for the summer and, and that was pretty much it. But now, you know, in the past, we'll say 10 years or so. There's one a week. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two, three times as many. And, uh, now that's not to say that they're all as good or as relevant, but the, the point is, uh, the, the market, you know, the scene has become way more saturated than it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and I think that might have something to do with this this trending this you know slowly but surely trending um tendency um for the attention span of the general uh you know demographic if you will the whole 18 to 35 you know that 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 as as the younger kids now are are getting into that 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 bracket um they have shorter attention spans you know they right. don't they don't they they're, they're more instant gratification they're more Demanding. Do you think? Do you think? Yeah. Any, do you think there's anything to the idea that modern blockbuster movies have gotten to the point where they're such <sighs> spectacle for the sake of spectacle that they're not interesting anymore? You know, like Transformers Two. It's like we spend two hundred million dollars making this movie that is absolutely awful <laughs> and unwatchable. You know, to, well, but that's to you, dude. I mean, yeah, but that got to... pretty bad reviews globally didn't i mean i i'm uh, into this stuff and i didn't even i couldn't tell what was going on no but yeah you have to take into consideration um i mean i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong i i I didn't like the movie that much either but the other other factor that you might not be that you might not have considered is is that there are lots of other markets there are lots of other targets uh, on that on that board you know, uh, as far as the kids are concerned, and as far as the foreign markets and DVD sales and yeah, okay, well, and all well, that, that other crap. That, now that that's a, that's part of the argument is that like, are they thinking too much about all that stuff and not about making a movie that's actually good without cutting it apart and focus grouping it to death? Oh well, yeah. Well, in that case, if that's your if that's your query, if that's your concern, then yeah, you're absolutely right, dude. Um, the time. The, t- the time of the of the of the of the let's make something good for the sake of making something good sake, that's that's definitely on its way out. I mean that's a that's a rare occurrence in my in my opinion. I think sad. It's a little sad. Yeah. I, I mean I, I agree. It's sad, but it's not a surprise. I mean it makes it makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, Heather and I have started watching Battlestar Galactica. Which one? The newer set. Oh, didn't you guys watch that already? No, we never watched it. Oh, okay. What do you so, think? We're like two thirds of the way through the second season, uh-huh. and I mean, it's there's parts of it that are good, yeah, and there's things about it that are just like, oh, this is fucking annoying. Can you fast uh-huh. forward that? Yeah, um, like him talking, you know, the the vice president guy talking to the girl. It's like oh, every yeah. five minutes they're having a discussion, which they're not actually saying anything. Right. They're like talking around all this stuff. It's like, yeah, I've been watching this for now twenty six episodes. Yeah. I'm done with that, you know? Yeah, well, um, no, you're not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? That, like, just to get to a point where I'm like, ugh. We actually took a break because we're like, yeah. I mean, we were watching two, three episodes a day, you know, when we went to bed. Uh-huh. And we got to a point where we're just, like, kind of burnt out on it. 
Yeah, I can, I, I can see I mean, that. people said it was really, really, really good. Like, I expected it to be like I couldn't stop myself from watching another episode. Mm. And I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, eh, you know, there's things about it that are good, but a lot of it's kind of drama for drama's sake. Like, think characters doing things that are out of character just to create drama. Yeah. You know, that kind sure. of stuff. Sure. And it's kind of frustrating, you know. It's kind of like if you're going to do it, do it. I don't know. Like, I always liked the thing of the original that – they were searching for Earth, and Earth was this mythical thing. Uh-huh. That was always interesting to me. Well, they, but but now they're that. getting into like, oh well, Cylons are humans' children, and do they have souls? And they're just the next generation, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I know you have to do something different, but you're making it so metaphysical that it's not really fun anymore. Well, now it's like I have to think and worry about stuff. You know. <laughs> well, I got news for you, man. Uh, it only gets. Deeper, as I know, <laughs> yeah, and and that's that's where we're kind of like, do we want to even bother, you know? Uh, yeah, but there's maybe some, there's some other really questionable choices that the uh, the, the you know the showrunners made as far as um, I hear the writer strike kind of killed a half a season too. Well, the, the timing wise, but I, I I wouldn't. I mean, I can't really speak to the whether or not that had any impact on the quality or the you know the the effect of the show but but no, you know i mean if, i would say if you can make it through season four if you can if you can watch it through the whole thing you'll see there's some definitely ups and downs there's some really great characters there's some from a production standpoint you really can't knock it i mean they did a really great job of putting it together i think it looks great it's very so, well done and the space scenes are really good and yeah. like the physics of the falcon or ra- what are they called the what are the little raptors ships? the raptors are really cool the way they have the little uh the little um jets that turn it around you know uh-huh. like that that was really well done uh-huh. um and some of the space scenes where they have a big giant cylon ship and then the galactica and all the ships coming towards each other it's yeah. very it's very much like that scene in the beginning of gladiator when they shoot the arrows in the air and they cross yeah, you know? yeah. it's it's that kind of, no, sense it, of stuff. yeah i think they've definitely did a really good job of capturing the the concept of the epic space battle Although they're um, inconsistent of whether or not stuff in space has sound, and that's really annoying. Yeah, it's a little annoying. I it's think like the, the choose, your, sh- choose your side. Either yeah, you, you are or you're not. You, you know, know, it's funny. I don't know if you know this. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the show Firefly. Yes, I watched um, Firefly. Which was uh, also an outer space No sound in show. space. Exactly. They, and then, I don't know if you know this, the, the company that did the, the space visuals for Firefly are the folks who did the space visuals for Battlestar Galactica. But you know it was some producer somewhere who's just like, people aren't going to like it if there's no explosions. Yeah, I know. You well, know explosions are one thing, but sound uh, is another Explosions thing. with sound, yeah. yeah. But even explosions are not going to be fiery, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, even real our spaceships in space, when they have jets, don't, you don't really see anything. No. You know? No, there's no oxygen there. There's nothing yeah. to catch fire. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fine. It's just not quite as good as I wanted it to be. I mean, and so the people on this podcast to get back to the original thing of inception, they were saying that like, this is the first good thing we've had in years and blah, 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 blah. And, um, it's interesting because I recently went back and watched a Blu-ray transfer of Jurassic park. Oh boy. And actually it's funny because when Claude was over here yesterday, we were discussing how uh, it's it doesn't look as good anymore. No, it wasn't. You know, well, that's because it, it, now the medium is exceeding the uh, the original. Exactly, and th- and I mean, I guess that's the. I guess the question is, you know, we look at even the first Matrix kind of looks silly at times. You know, like some of the green screening and all that kind of stuff. You know, well, look at look at Star Wars, man. Look at look at. Oh I mean, sure, l- the original Star Wars with the with all the uh, the matte painting and the replacement. 
and, and the compositing and stuff like that. That was all optical, man. That was all old I know. school. And in some ways, it holds up better than a lot of the early digital stuff. Well, it, I mean, it was way ahead of its time. But, um, yeah. but you know, Lucas, you know, in his revisionist history approach, um, you know, went went and, and updated it as the technology. Yeah. And, you know, and the, I have a, a sort of a split um, opinion on that. I mean, I can respect the, I think it's kind of cool that he, ha- since he owns that shit and, and he had, he, he recognizes that, you know, this can be done. He's doing it. Um, yeah. but at the same time, I think it's kind of, kind of lame because like, you Get know, alone. yeah. And you know, it's like that you did it, you finished it, you put it in the can, move on. Yeah. And that like, you know, that, that made a mark on my brain, you know, that was filed away as a certain thing. And then now, you're kind of you know, when I want to go back to that, you're 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 making it more difficult. Yeah, you know? have, have you watched those red whatever reviews of the Star Wars movies? Red something or rather. You know oh, what the, I'm talking the, about? the dude, the dude who yeah. rambles on. No, I've I've watched bits and pieces of the first one. It was too long, and I had I got sidetracked. But I've been meaning to. The, I already released this. He just re- released the the, the review, uh, review of episode three. He did redlettermedia.com. dot um, and it, I mean the 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 review is in three parts each. Well, first one's 35 minutes, second one's 33 minutes, last one's 43 minutes. Yeah. It's as long as the damn movie. I know. You know? <laughs> I know. And, I mean, and it's funny because you watch it and he does make good points, you know? I mean, no, he's, of course. He's ripping them apart. But I wonder if, I mean, I don't know. I guess the question is, are these things actually not as good or are we just more sophisticated as older people who have seen so much that we're jaded? I think it's a little of both. And then again, and again, I can't stress this enough. We're also not, I mean, you talk to Lucas and you, and you, and you, you, you do a little bit of research and you find that, um, he, I, you know, you know, who else did this is Eddie Murphy. Um, I don't know if you remember Eddie Murphy in the eighties, um, was, was a really fucking funny comedian, man. He was, yeah. he was doing some cutting edge, really funny stand up stuff. And he did some really funny movies, but then, he went and got married and started making kids and he felt this, this obligation, I guess, or this, 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 you know, he's compelled to, uh, to, to make stuff that he, he was able to take home, so to speak. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that happens a lot. And, you know, you and I were, were you know, we're single dudes who don't have kids and, and, you know, we, we can't really, we have no reason to, to respect that. You know, there's no reason we should even consider that, but, but there are plenty of people who do have families who, you know, are still making cutting edge stuff. No, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying that, yeah. that people wonder why. You know, so people are starting to, to question how could this happen, and, and that's the answer. If that's that's yeah. Why. But I guess there are people like Nolan and and the guy who did who's what's the guy's name who did the Social Network, um, the the director. But he did Memento and all those things. You know, I mean, there yeah. are people who are uh, really talented people coming up with new ideas. You know, no, it's not course. all the Spielbergs and the whatevers. No, it's true. That's true. I was just using those guys as examples for that one particular point. I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. It just it makes me a little sad because there's. I was watching a Minority Report at the gym just now. Uh huh. And uh, I haven't watched it in a while. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't hold up as well either. Yeah, it's a little cheesy. It actually doesn't look as good as I thought. I mean, when I saw that movie, it was like the effects and the stuff on the screen and him moving them around and. And the sort of bleach bypass kind of look they use on the film. So it's desaturated and the highlights get blown kind of. Yeah. Um, it, I just remember like thinking like, oh, I want to make stuff that looks like that. You know? yeah. Now I've gone back and rewatched it and been like, no, I, it's, it's, if I did it, it'd have to look better than that. 
because <laughs> some of those effects look fake to me, like really fake to me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. It's it's interesting how, I mean, we when Claude was here and we were looking at Jurassic Park for a minute, it was kind of like, you know what? Us and some really good animator kid and a laptop could do something this quality now. Yeah. That's it's scary. True. I mean, what what blows me away is is still the 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 long the short of it is that um we're all still talking about this whole um you know when it comes to special effects and compositing and stuff like that it all ends up being the same you know 24 or 30 frames per second yep. you're still you're still talking about a stack of stills being flipped in front of your eyes quickly yep. you know and um what what you know you look at you look at the Jurassic Park for example and uh you see what they did was they shot the stuff they shot the, the live action stuff and then they they matched all the angles and all the lights and all that stuff and then they basically painted in a computer that you know they generated these 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 dinosaur models these you know these little cartoons if you will right. uh, and then just like layered them in i mean that's that's all that, that that's all it is at the end of the day i mean it's nothing it's nothing, uh, you know, rocket science. I mean, the rocket science comes in. Well, it's, when it's you get, not when, rocket science to us, but we've all. But that was it was a new idea then. No. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, but it was just still kind of capitalizing on the uh, on those basic principles. What will really um, what, what what will never cease to impress me um, are, is, is clever usage of of what's what are called practical effects and doing 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 as much as you possibly can uh, in camera. You know, sure. or, or live, so to speak. Sure. Um, I can't think of a great example off the top of my head right now. Well, okay, but let's let's say you could get the same effect in camera or in CG, and it looked the, enough the same that ninety nine percent of people would never notice the difference. Uh huh. Is it worth spending twice as much on the non CG version? You know what I mean? For people, is it worth spending enough to impress you and me and Claude? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I guess maybe. I mean, that, there's got to be more to it than that. I, you know, you know, what comes to mind is you ever, you ever. Uh, there's this French guy named Michel Gondry. You ever hear of him? Uh, sounds familiar. Uh, he, I think he started out as a drummer in a French punk band or something like that, and then he started making music videos. Um, he's and he's and he, he he's done a really like a large number of really impressive creative innovative music videos um for like um doft punk he's done a couple of theirs um he did a really cool one for the chemical brothers um the, oh he did uh, the green he, hornet and a flight of the concords yeah, episode yeah well and, and then he got into features um yep. he worked with uh you know Calfman. eternal sunshine yeah exactly eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and then um, a couple of other, he also did that, um, there's a French one. I can't remember. It's like, I think it's the science of sleep is what it's called. Yeah. Um, which was also chock full of interesting. Anyway, his, he sort of made a name for himself. Uh, in my opinion, uh, his, one of his trademarks is the whole practical in camera, um, concept, yeah. um, getting really creative with ways to manipulate the camera and sets and props and timing and rehearsal and stuff like that. And I don't know. I mean, sure, I, I get your point. You know, is it worth um, impressing those that that upper one percent that that care or will notice? I I say yeah. I say yeah because I mean, look at it this way. You could say the same thing about still photography, man. No, okay, yeah, but I, I guess the question is, I mean, if it's a business, which movie making is, to so the people who are putting the money up, 
uh-huh. you know, we're going to make an extra million dollars if you don't have to build that set and we can do it in CG. Right. Sure. You know what I mean? So it may be worth it to the artist, but it probably, I don't know if it would be worth it to the producer. No. And, and, and you're, you're talking about a, a slightly different uh, concept, um, which, you know, which unfortunately is a huge deal today is the whole, I mean, I can't even imagine how many amazing ideas there are out there that are never going to see the light of day because they cost too much money and the people who have the money are too afraid to, to take a chance, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, even in Inception, the, the hallway scene where they're fighting. Yeah. You know, they actually built a hallway and spun it around. Yeah. I mean, that's very, very, very cool stuff. Yeah. And you know? there's no way to get looks. I mean, and that was all there's done no, it on would be, wires. It would be just as difficult to do that in in front of a green screen and composite it all together as it probably was to build the damn thing and just do it in one shot. Yeah. Well, they, they, they you know, uh, they, they put, you know, I think they locked a camera down in the hallway to kind of yeah. give that. And then they also they just had, spun the whole thing and they had flying cameras too. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I love that shit, man. I think that's, there's no, there, there's nothing that'll compare to that kind of, to, you know, that kind of creativity, if you ask me. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, it's I don't know that that kind of stuff's exciting, but but it, I, I just feel like it's a rarity. Most of the time, I go see a movie and I'm disappointed. Well, that makes sense. I liked Star Trek, you know, the reboot. Uh-huh. I liked Inception. Uh huh. But like, I can't think of many other movie, you know, big budget blockbuster movies I've seen in the past few years that I've actually watched over, wanted to see again. Yeah, I'm trying you to know? think of one either. And when we were kids, it would be like, oh, we got to go see that again. Well, that's, yeah. I guess it's also because there were fewer people out there doing it, too. Yeah. No, um, you're probably right. I just, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's true. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Pixar. Sure. Um, I don't, would you consider WALL-E uh, a sci-fi movie? Um, I wouldn't, but I think it's a very good movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, theoretically, it's science fiction because it's humans in the future and whatever. Yeah, but like, but that's just sort of the setting. Yeah, for a larger argument. I uh, I, I like that one. I thought that was really well done. I I liked Wally. I loved Up. I haven't seen Toy Story three. I don't know if I can watch it. Oh, why? Because you're a big baby. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> um, I have it. I just haven't gotten uh-huh. up the balls to watch it. <laughs> okay. Um. Maybe if, you, maybe if you want, I can I can come over and we can watch it together and I can hold your hand. Okay. Maybe that would be a good idea. Uh-huh. You know, it's funny uh, that, you know, people are watching. If I watch a 1080p file on this 30-inch monitor I have and it's calibrated and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. I'm seeing it probably as good as anybody seeing it. You know, because sure. your average TV in your living room, people are not setting those upright. You know, <laughs> well, even the people who do set them upright are yeah. not, they're not as set upright as my monitor is, you know, probably, probably. Uh, so it's just, it's just kind of funny looking at it. It's kind of, it's, it's like listening to it on really, really good, small near field reference monitors. Right. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, this isn't as big as it could be on a giant stereo, but I'm also not worrying about the room and all kinds of other things that'll like smear stuff and whatnot. Um, I don't know. It's good stuff. It's actually, I like watching movies on a smaller screen. I do too. As long as they're good in high res. Yeah. I think, I think I place a high, almost a higher um, priority on sound. Um, I think it's important to, to, to have, you know, either good pair of headphones on or a good pair of speakers. Um, I mean, how do you feel about surround sound at home? Um, I don't care. I think it's, either do I, I think it's, it's, it's cute. I mean, I think surround sound was designed for a movie theater, you know? 
And and the few times which where I've there's only like one or two movies where I think surround sound actually really worked uh, and actually reinforced or or contributed in a positive way and an effective way uh, to the film. The only the first one off the top of my head is uh, Saving Private Ryan. Sure. And uh, I want to say the Matrix actually the original Matrix movie had some interesting sound choices. Um, but, uh, it is funny when you see these movies back in the day, just to back up for one second, like seeing Jurassic Park now doesn't impress me, but back at the time that was like the best thing out there. And it's sometimes when you see the newest, greatest thing out there, you think this is perfect. I don't know how they can get any better or, you know, I couldn't even tell that those were special effects. They were so good. Yeah. And now you look at them and you're like, how could I not know that that was a special effect? Look, it's she's got a halo around her, you know, or whatever the stupid thing is. No, you can see through it. It's like, come on, yeah, dude. you know. Yeah. It's just kind of funny how it's. Well, I don't know. Well, your it's your a eyes change, and it's a combination, dude. You've also you've been paying attention, you know. Yeah. When when you first saw that film, you were a, a total noob to that scene. Yep. You had no background, and and there's no reason why you should have known that stuff. Whereas yeah. now. You've been paying attention. This is what I I do somewhat of that. Yeah, and, for a and, living, and you've so. done some research, and and now now you're looking for it. I mean, yeah. the classic another classic example. You ever you ever see the film um, uh, Fight Club? Sure. Uh, Fight Club did something kind of fun at, in the in the middle of the picture where they um, it was one of the narrative scenes where uh, I can't remember if it was either Brad Pitt or, or Ed Norton, but they're talking about the whole the cigarette burn mark in the corner of the film. Yeah. Um, that the projection, you know, the projectionists have, have used this for sure. since the since the beginning of of you know motion pictures since films have been pro- you know projected in theaters. Um, I've never what, noticed them, well, even though I know that they're there. And and nowadays, well, we haven't seen them in the past. You oh, know, because they're all digital cinemas and stuff. Well, no, not so much that, but but I don't know if you know this, but in in the nowadays, m- most major theaters, um, no actually. Well, kind of. They, they, what they do is they is they unspool the film off of the whatever six to ten reels that it comes on. I don't yeah. know if you know this. A reel of film is about twenty minutes, um, and then they they spool them onto this gigantic pancake platter thing that's like six feet in diameter. So they essentially spool the entire film so that it's one giant big ass reel, like you see um, it in an IMAX theater. Um, yeah, except the IMAX films are only like, of course, you know, yeah. They're only twenty minutes long, but you know but what I'm for, talking about. Know, how they have them laid yeah. horizontally like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a horizontal, and, it, and it, it's like a big wheel that spins, um, and it just the, the film. It's it, they literally just just made two giant ass reels, um, you know, a source and a, a take up. And uh, in the old days, obviously, that was not even close to practical. They didn't have enough room back there, and and you know, there was a delicate art to projectionistism, to, you know, to being a projectionist. And, and you know, there was some timing involved, and you needed to have the projectors lined up and aligned properly, so that when you made that switch from one reel to the next, didn't the audience, the, image. the audience didn't see it. And and you know, it's one of those things where you, you don't even you don't even know about it because it's done so well. Um, and and, and it, you know, you have to wait for someone to do it shitty for you to for you to see it. But the point is, you, you look at some old old films, a lot of old old films, especially the old black and white ones. Um, another classic example are some old cartoons. 
Um, if you can get your hands on old Oob Iwerks cartoons or Mickey Mouse, Steamboat Willie, Felix sure. the Cat, all, all, you know, these old black and white film transfer stuff, you can actually see the little real transfer marks um, in the corners from, right. from when those did that. So the point is once, you, once you've been, been educated or once you've been enlightened to those, those, the existence of those things, it's kind of hard. Yeah, it's kind of hard to not see them. I mean my, one of my favorite examples, um, and this is a little nerdy. Um, I, I took a class in college. Um, what the hell was it called? It, it was essentially the, the, the fundamentals of se- of sound, I think was what it was called. And we were, we were, we were, you know, the primary, uh, tool in class was an old school first gen emu modular synthesizer. You know, the old, sure. like this thing was like, you know, if I had to measure it, it was probably four feet by three and a half feet tall, a foot and a half deep. It had all these giant oscillators amplifiers, yeah. patch bays, filters, blah, blah. Uh, you know, it happened to have a keyboard at the foot of it, but that, that was just like a bonus. I mean, you literally just, you walk up to this thing with, with a, with a, a number of patch cables around your neck, and then you basically just pa- start patching things together to make sounds. Sure. And what was really cool is that the instructor, um, actually showed us, uh, you know, mathematical, diagrams and some really brief, you know, science, if you will, uh, of, of how sound works, but it was really cool for, for him to, you know, to show us on the, on the board and then to actually play it for us on the synthesizer. And they, they basically showed us, uh, you know, the harmonic series and, and how harmonics work and and how technically speaking, most of the sounds we hear like notes, uh, you know, musical notes are actually very, you know, delicate little composites, you know, yes. like for example, I mean, you know, this, uh, being a musician and being a, a piano player, but you know, a lot of people don't know that if you open up a piano and you look inside it, you're not, you know, everyone knows the piano has 88 notes, right? But you're not, you, you count the strings in the piano. There's way more than 88 strings yep. because, because the, 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 the various strings work together to form harmonics that build the sound. Um, so, so once you've sort of been, you know, enlightened to those those existence you start hearing that shit everywhere yep. uh and i and i remember like for the for the month if after, anything not pure tones stand out at that point yeah it's it's amazing You're like then, wait where's that weird sine wave and then you start hearing and then you start hearing these weird little echoes and harmonics uh i remember like uh, i was i was on an airplane once you know in the back of an airplane listening to all of the i was just blown away by how many different frequencies were were bouncing around in the back yeah. of the airplane or hearing um a, you know a metro bus Breaks squeaking, you know, like yeah. high, super high pitched, like amazing, like so many, so many different layers in there. And, and it's, it's just crazy kind of when you get to the point where you need to pick those out. Like piano tuners will tune pianos by comparing beats of harmonics, but not like, you know, the first main tone. It's like they're beating the third harmonic of the lower note with the fifth harmonic of the higher note. Like the kind of stuff that is just. Yeah. crazy to actually hear yeah you know yeah. it's it's fascinating stuff so so anyway it's it, it, that's that kind of stuff is always is always you know it's both scared me and also delighted me you know i think it's neat that that there's i'm you know that that uh there's things out there like that but it also kind of it kind of saddens me that that it takes that takes some of the magic away you know i you know i had that discussion with a guy uh at uh years ago i was at when I first went to college, I went to school for engineering, like uh, electrical engineering, for a couple of years, and I, I didn't like it, so I switched and, and went to music school. But in the in the middle of this whole process, before I went to music school, 
I was at a party with my sister, and my sister is a she has a, a an archaeology degree, so she used to dig a lot. And uh, I was at a party, and it was all her coworkers. I was talking to this kid Tim, and uh, and he was we were talking about the idea of like something that you find magical, as I found music magical. And I had taken piano lessons for 10, 15 years, but I didn't know the kind of stuff that I would learn in music school, of course. Um, compositional harmonies and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about the idea of it, being scared about it taking the magic away. You know, like if you know how it works, it's not as interesting. Yeah. Well, you know? it's not It's not as magical. As well, the- yeah, exactly. And, he, and we came up with the idea, the concept that it's not that – the, the trick won't be as magical, but the fact that you know how it works and see how that works on other people is a magic unto itself. Yeah, it's true. You know, like it, understanding it, it, the process and watching the illusion with other people, like being a magician, as yeah. it were. There's something special about being on the inside. Yeah, yeah. It, which is which may or may not make up for it. It is certainly a different and possibly equally good thing. It's true. You know? Um, speaking of just magicians for one side note, um, the BBC had a show last week, Penn and Teller trick us, fool, uh, fool us, fool yeah. us. Yeah. I saw that. What'd you think? <laughs> I thought it was fun. I think that those, that show should be a regular thing. I think that's the kind of shit I want to see. I don't want to see people get up on stage and, you know, sing some pop song cause you have a decent voice. It's like, there's a billion people with a decent voice. Yeah. Put two people on stage and say, you need to write a song about asparagus. You have 15 minutes and you're going to come play them. Yeah. You know, like that to me is much more interesting. Yeah. Well, um, you're, you're a music like, nerd. <laughs> well, no, I need just in general, like pushing people, showing me what you can really do, not just superficially. You should, you, know? you should watch The Amazing Race then. Yeah. That just seems like a lot of work. <laughs> but anyway, the... the the fool us I thought was very good, and I think that it was very cute that they were fooled by the guy yeah. with the envelopes. Yeah, and, and Penn was all upset. He's just like, "We expected to get fooled, baby, but not by envelopes, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's not supposed to be the envelope guy." That was funny. And then <laughs> they were also fooled by that card dude too. Yeah, which I couldn't tell if he was actually. I could not that he was lying, but like some of the stuff they were thinking he was doing, I think he was doing more of than he was letting on. Yeah, well, the, I think the problem with that show is that we're, I we're think they of, should just let us in, like tell us how they do it. I don't yeah, care, no, you know. That's like, just it. They're 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 they're, they're, they're trying to talk spot. around it. Yeah, they they they're trying to preserve that that uh, the magic, so to speak, uh, of of the trick without yeah. betraying it to to everybody, and. Uh, I mean, yeah. It, I think all things considered, it, it was a good compromise. Yeah, but I, I thought I thought it was a very good idea for a show, and I think that should be done, you know, a couple times a year. I thought it was cute. Uh, yeah, and and it was it was fun watching them because I mean, you're performing in front of two guys who, you know, Teller is not just an, um, an amazing hand magic guy, mm-hmm. but also a historian of magic. Yeah. So even if he's not doing something himself, he studied the people who did it. Yeah, he knows how it's done. You know, I mean, um, and we also, you know, this is also, I think you and I are similar in that we get a kick out of the whole um, behind the scenes, the you know, the the how how it's done. Oh yeah. um, Aspect of things, and I mean, in fact, I'm more interested in that. Yeah. The the how you know the process and and you know that I, I wish there's a part of me that wishes that was that there was you know that there was more of that kind of programming out there you know i mean we we, we obviously um 
we seek that stuff out and and thankfully in our in our industry in the you know the photo industry anyway there's 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 a nice uh active community of of people who are you know showing you know how they do that shit you know yep. like here's here's the finished product and then here are all the things i used and here's how i did it yeah i think that's kind of nice and and that's what's interesting to me here's an interesting uh parallel or whatever you want to call it um i could tell you easily i could tell you confidently that that 10 years ago there was no one was doing that shit you know yeah. so what's interesting is now there's so much more stuff out there but there's so many more people sharing yes. than there were before and that's that's yeah. kind of cool it is kind of cool uh yeah i mean you could learn stuff without it's easier to learn almost anything now yeah you know i mean even like a couple weeks ago i wanted to do a shot where i had a bow tie on uh-huh. so you had and to look up how to tie it <laughs> i own a bow tie but i didn't know how to tie it yeah and not only did we find uh, a a diagram which you know you could have probably found in an almanac 20 30 years ago uh-huh uh, but we actually found, you know, multiple videos of guys showing, you know, yeah. Joe from Gary's tuxedos. Yeah. Watch showing you it. how to tie. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's fascinating. The amount of stuff that's up there in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Almost scary. I kind of like it. Oh, I do too. It's just kind of like, Oh man, have you heard about this Stuxnet thing? Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the smart worm, right. The worm that went in and like killed Iran's nuclear program, the centrifuges, or at least slowed it down. Yeah, slowed yeah. down the centrifuges. Okay. Yeah. Did you hear the news today that there's basically evidence saying that it was Israel and America who yeah. built it? Of course. That is nuts. And you know what's funny to me is that I mean, look, I'm not supporting Iran or anything, but legally, that's probably grounds for war. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, that's essentially like they we went over there and bombed a factory where they were building planes. Yeah. You know, that's the future, man. I mean, they, but I'm just saying that that's like they could literally declare war on Israel right now and have, you know, an argument to make. Yeah. And I just think that that's crazy that we were willing to do that. Well, I don't know. We were willing to do that. That's a pretty tricky statement. Um, I mean, it, that the United States was willing to take that chance, I guess. Well, I mean, this is like it's sort of the first of its kind, right? Cyberware, cyber warfare at that level that has gotten out into the public. How do, I mean, I, we, I don't think we have any way of really knowing my, my hunch dude is yeah. that this stuff kind of, this kind of shit goes on all the time. Um, oh, I'm sure it does. But I think this is the first, like, this is maybe the, one of the bigger ones to make it to the surface and out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, as long as there have been nerds out, you know, hackers uh, out there, um, yeah. this, this stuff has been happening. But um, I guess what is the, what, how is this going to affect international diplomacy? You know, how is this, because, I mean, at a certain point, this is how people are going to fight, you know, try to take down each other's networks all the time. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, that's a crazy, scary thing. Yeah. That's kind of But fun. I guess that's the whole point of the internet in the first place was to withstand attacks by having it be so distributed. I guess. But then there's people finding weaknesses in the distribution that allow them to attack, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can only, you're only as secure as, 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 as you are physically. I mean, if somebody can walk up to your computer and take it with them. Yeah. Then you can, you know, the most powerful firewall in the world isn't isn't gonna isn't yeah. gonna help you. Same thing about you know, like your car. <laughs> you know, sure, sure. You, you could you could put the club on, you can put a kill switch so that it doesn't even start. But dude, all the guy needs is a fucking forklift or a tow truck, and and he will take your car. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 no such thing as absolute security. But it's just it's interesting that it's on that level. I don't yeah. know. I think that's the first thing that I've ever heard where countries were actually 
actively fighting other countries at that level. Yeah, Just, well, I mean, I, I, I've definitely read about and heard stories um, of, of the Koreans yeah. um, causing trouble and the Russians, too. I mean, hell, I mean, you know as well as I do that. Wait, North Russia, Koreans or South Koreans? Well, South Koreans, but... Um, South Koreans attacking North Korea? Not, no, not South Koreans, like, stockpiling, you know hackers and and, oh, and, yeah. and and experimenting and ex- doing you know just exploits and random hacking type crap they um, also have the uh they have one of the fastest internets in the world well yeah well per capita anyway like their their yeah. internet connectivity is, is ridiculous crazy compared to, compared to here but uh you know as well as i do that in uh, in russia um that's that's considered you know home home territory for tons of of the spam i think sure I think, what, what some 70 percent of all spam can be Traced yeah. back to originate from oh, Russia. Every, and everything then, comes from .ru. <laughs> and then let, let's not forget about the you know credit card hackers yep. and you know all, all that stuff. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy how that's how it's that's, a little scary. Yeah, you know, I guess all that stuff's going on. It's been going on for forever. You know, it's just I don't know. It's just it's as we get more interconnected and more um, reliant on this stuff mm. in a really fundamental way. You know, it starts getting scared. Like, do you bank on your phone? Yeah, I do. Does it worry you? No. Because worry about what? Like, well, as far as someone know, stealing my money? Yeah, or or you know, you lose your phone and somebody gets onto your phone and you have passwords stored somewhere in there because the system didn't clear a cache and they're into <laughs> your bank system and they transfer their money to some Cayman Islands account. Well, I mean. Sure. Let's say that happens. Or identity theft or any of that stuff. Like, are yeah. you I, I, crazy about it? Not terribly. I mean, I, you, sure. Anything can happen. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it can't happen to me. Um, but you know, there's, there's certain things that you can do that are kind of common sense and, and, um, and practical. And the other thing to bear in mind is that, um, you, t- you tend to have the benefit of, of, uh, positive intent behind, behind you to support you. So it's like, you know, if, if what you say happens, so sure, I lose my phone, some, so, some, through some random chance that the person who found my phone or stole my phone had, bad guy. has the ability to, to figure out the password or get the data off of my phone, uh, decrypted and, and, and then access whatever information I have on there. And then they also have the ability to, to go digging into my, uh, accounts and what have you. Um, I have a feeling that when I call my bank and say, Hey, somebody took all my money. They're not going to say, Oh no, you're, 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 no, they didn't. You, you did that. You know, it's like, right. come on, dude. I mean, you know, granted I'm not going to say, of course it's going to be a huge, tremendous hassle, but, um, but you know, it, it, it it'll I guess work I out. don't have as much faith in chase Manhattan as you do. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess maybe I, I chase isn't my, my primary bank or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but I hear what you're saying. It's uh, it, you know, um, that reminds me. Oh wait, there was something else today. Hmm. Oh, the that uh, the, some guy was breaking into Facebook accounts. Basically, you know, it may be that you have the best password ever. You know, some thirty-letter whatever alphanumeric with punctuation, special characters. Sure. But that their password reset system on Facebook and all these other sites is all down to you know what school did you go to, elementary school or whatever. Yeah. And a lot of Facebook accounts talk about what full, what school you went to, you know, like yeah, share that publicly. So they were saying that that's like this huge hole, totally, in the Facebook system. Another, that, like, you know, another classic um, false security or, or thing. Yeah, you know, this is actually, and this this particular point has gotten 
a lot better over the years. But um, wireless, wireless networking. Um, yeah. You could have the most secure password in the world, but if somebody is is recording your packets, if someone is on your is li- is literally just in in radio range of your computer and it is communicating wirelessly, they can record every single packet that your computer broadcasts and then analyze it later, decrypt it, and yes. have all of your shit right there on their computer. Yes, although um, the decryption is pretty hard. No, not anymore, man. Or I mean, it- well, actually, you know, it was funny. There was an article or a, a segment on Security Now podcast this week saying that you know how you can rent uh, processing power from Amazon. Sure. Okay. So some guy basically wrote code that did that that figured out WPA passwords in Sec- eighteen minutes or something. Yeah, seconds. Sure. Yeah. Um, no, and it's true. It's true, and you, it, it's but that goes. I think that goes back to what you were saying if initially, which is everyone's doing this, and what is the likelihood that they're going to come after me? And am I really worth the time and energy? You know, it it would be easier to go after somebody they know is rich and powerful and whatever than it would be just to randomly go after people. Yeah, but that's also just to play devil's advocate. That's also a false sense of security. Um, what, what, what the reality is, um, a lot of security compromises, a lot of, a lot of people who get hacked uh, are just victims of, of automated processes, of bots, basically. So, sure. so, so some hacker basically says, oh, this is a known exploit. So I'm going to write a little script, and it's just going to go out. It's basically war dialing. You know? no, sure. I, I had, I had BillWadman.com was on some server, and there was a hole in the version of PHP they were using. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody set up a fake phishing American uh, Bank of America site, like 16 levels deep in some subfolder of the admin section of, you know, like somewhere where I would never find it. Uh huh. Um, and ran that for like a couple of days and then we found it and we cleared it out or whatever. But ever since then, because of that, BillWadman.com domain email addresses bounce when they go to AOL. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they bounce if I have any sort of URL anywhere in the email. Mm. And I can't send attachments. Oh, huh. well, awesome. So it's like, that's real. And I've written AOL and, you know, and gotten very nice emails back. But it's this huge, gigantic process. And, you know, what am I supposed to take four hours of going back and forth to some guy just so I can send email to the 70 you know, AOL people who, who are still I, out there? <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know? But it's still frustrating because every once in a while somebody does write me from AOL and I hit reply and I type back and I hit send and then it bounces back to me. And I'm like, ah, (laughs) you know, just really, really infuriating. It's kind of like this came from an AOL address. I'm replying back to it. You can see all that stuff in the reply, you know, in the message. Yeah. And you're still not trusting. You know, it's just just frustrating. Stuff pisses me off. Yeah. I hate computers. (sighs) Computers. You know what? I'm just going to quit. I'm done. Yeah, do it, dude. Fuck them. I'm going to go back to using paper. Yeah, there you go. Paper. I'm going to write checks to everybody. Yeah, get some stamps, get a notebook. And I'm going to just use a phone call, rotary get, dial. Totally. Rotary dial is the safest you can get. And also you know, they get, still work. Of course they do. It's actually pretty impressive that they still work. I think it's only been in the past five years that they, uh, that they actually stopped charging a premium for touchtone service. Is it really? I think so. Now I think it's just assumed. <laughs> but in the old days, man, not even like 10 years ago, I can remember like you had to pay an extra buck a month for touch tones. Isn't think, that crazy? Yeah, I think it's awesome. Like, because 
it doesn't cost them anymore. You know, nope. that's like those annoying things that they just charge you for because they can charge you for it. Well, the, yeah, I think their their justification is like, oh, well, we spent millions of dollars developing this technology, so we need to recoup it, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, like, when was that, dude? 50 years ago? Come on. Yeah, Surely you've paid for it now. Yeah, come on. What the Ugh, fuck? People. Yeah, people. People piss me off. Totally. Those damn people. I just wish people could make some decent movies that I would want to watch now. Yeah. Uh, I can't say that there are any that I'm particularly excited about. Did you see True Grit? Uh, I have not seen True Grit, but I'm not a big Coen Brothers fan. Really? Huh. Yeah. Why not? I just don't like their movies. Huh. Uh, they don't. That's not. A I good mean, they're reason. they're very well done. I just don't enjoy them. Not one of them. Makes... I mean, they're, they're, they've gotten such a. I mean, over uh, the years, there's been what maybe twenty, twenty two, and they're, they're they're not all the same. No, they're all very different. But I just I've never I've never wanted to watch any of them twice. Okay, well, I can say that about most of them, but. Uh... I don't know. I, I've always they've 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 definitely earned a place in my in my uh, whatever you want to call it heart. Uh, as far as like I am going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I will most likely see anything that they make. Yeah, really, you're that you're that uh, you're that big on them. Well, I'm, I I I can say that yeah, they've they've definitely d- done it. They've done a good job, or they've done it right enough times for me to uh to to pay them that respect like i i enjoyed no country uh although i don't need to see that again yeah um let me see let me look at the list and tell you which ones i would actually watch again there's i think there's only one or two that i haven't seen i actually kind i I think i remembered liking hudsucker proxy yeah that was fun um oh brother we're out there uh, where art thou was okay yeah you know, I, Raising Arizona, ugh. Oh, come on. That was fun. No, I don't like that movie. And I, I do, yeah, I don't like, I, I don't even know. It's weird. I'm not a big fan of Westerns either. So that's why I'm just like, okay. True Grit. I'll watch that. I'll watch it when it comes out on whatever. So like, wait, back to sci-fi. You, um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Okay. Um, although Star Trek, I, I didn't like the original series. Okay, well, that's reasonable. I I'd, do like movies two, three, four. So you like the original cast movies, but I, well, the show is silly. And then, uh, and then, as far as the second wave of Star Trek, Next Gen, Deep Space, Next Nine, Generation, Voyager. I liked Deep Space Nine. I didn't. I liked. Uh, I didn't watch Voyager. Is that the one with Janeway? Yep. I didn't watch any of that. Uh huh. Um, I did watch Enterprise, which I enjoyed. I, I kind of dug it, too. I was sort of sad. I liked the first two seasons. Yeah. Then it got into all that, like, zingy stuff where they're, like, going off into other places. Like, eh. You know, the you problem know? was, man, I, I got to tell you, the, 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 one, the one thing that sort of plagued the Star Trek, um, whatever you want to call it, universe canon, uh, is this fucking time travel shit, man. Come on. Really? Yeah. Time travel again? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It's so it, annoying. It, it is it is annoying and it's got to be done really really well for it to be interesting. The only the, the only kind of time travel that that worked for me in that on on on, a, on that red, whatever you want to call it that kind of a repeated basis yeah. was uh, was Quantum Leap. And that's 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 not really time travel. Quantum Leap was cute. Yeah. I like that. That was It fun. was it was it was cozy. I liked it. It was cool. I liked the um, theme song. Did you ever see that weird movie? What's the weird time machine movie where the kids build it in the uh in Explorers? The, no, no, no. Well, that was ex- the first 20 minutes of that movie were amazing explorers with river phoenix yeah uh-huh. where they're like building the thing and, and like putting their apple 2c in there and ethan hawk 
Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say more recent movie where they build the time machine in the storage unit, like recently, and you get in it. And oh, you... you're talking about like the they're talking about Primer. Yeah, Primer. Yeah, that's a heavy. That one. was a weird movie. Yeah, that's a tough one. I've seen it twice, and I still don't fucking get it. Yeah, <laughs> I've even read descriptions of what, who is wet, when, where. And yeah, I, no, they, I still seen, don't get it. Some made like diagrams and shit, like explaining it, and it and it seems to make sense. But then you watch it, and I'm like, oh, I'm not what? sold on that. Yeah. Anyway, I just that <sighs> yeah that that kind of stuff sort of goes. Whoo, like I'm into cool time travel stuff, but stuff like that just goes right through me. I like Back to the Future. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, you can't go wrong with Back to the Future. Totally. I think I need to find those on Blu-ray. Oh, they've yeah, they've all been re-released recently. Actually, those, they look those good. do not. No, they do not. Oh my god! Watch Back to the Future Two with all the like the the old makeup, man, and you can see you can see it applied. I'm. Mean, it's like oh my god! I can see the prosthetics. Come on, dude. Really? Yeah. You can. It's like you can see the seams. When you can see the seams, it loses the magic. Oh, it's a weird, crazy world we live in, isn't it? I guess so. That, and, and then, but then again, that that is the argument for projecting it on a giant screen you know yeah uh it does look different and feel differently when it's in that medium and that's you have to give these guys credit i mean that's they knew when they were making this shit they knew that that's what it had to hold up for and they weren't worried about it being shown at like ultra resolution you know on a you know high resolution display on some dude's desk you know they were worried about it looking good 15 feet tall you know in a darkened theater with a bunch of kids throwing popcorn did you you ever go to uh, there was a theater in dc called the uptown Nope, never been to DC. Uh, I've been to DC okay. like twice, but never there's to see a, a movie. Well, there's a theater up uptown and thing called the Uptown, and it's old and it got rebuilt, and it's one of those uh, theaters that's so big that, they, that it's like almost a ninety degree curved screen in the front. Whoa, you know what I mean? Like it's it, it it's it's a hundred feet across, right? And but it's it, curved. It actually curves, huh? It's and I saw um, uh, Gladiator there. Uh-huh. And it, I w- and the only seats left were like in the second row. Ugh, awful. And it is, it was such a big screen that it was kind of like, all right, this is just stupid because it's worthless. Yeah, you can't see anything. Especially that movie, which is so jangly all over the place. Anyway. Yeah, it's like, why don't you hold a loop up to your freaking display, your computer display, and watch a movie through it? <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, and it was so. Anyway, it was just kind of, but uh, it just at a certain point, it does get too big. Um, as far as big screens are concerned. Uh, there's a movie theater here in New York City called the Zigfield. I saw Star Wars Episode One in the Zigfield. Um, uh, midnight fir- on opening night. I think the first movie I saw there was maybe the Star Trek, the new Star Trek one, or maybe it was Up. Something. It's a it's, big screen. It's, it's well, it's a deep theater and it's a big screen. And man, I don't know what they do. Maybe they just choose the the right, the best digital prints or whatever. But man, every they film get I've seen they get there, the big prints. I fucking look look great. It was one of the best looking theater experiences I've had in a really long time. And I actually I would love to see another movie there. In fact, uh, I think they get bigger prints there. That, that's got, I don't know what it is, but they, there's like a, it was they're brighter, sharper, and and it just uh, you know when I saw how deep the theater, I'm like, oh no, this is gonna suck. But you yeah. know, and we were not sitting that close. You know, we were sitting at a reasonable distance, and uh, and I was I was very impressed. I was pleased. That's funny. It pleased yeah, let's, me. Let's go see a movie at the Ziegfeld. Okay. All right, we'll figure that out, and we'll do that uh, for next time. <laughs> okay. Well, what we're gonna podcast in the movie theater? <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> right on. This is Circuitous Conversations Twenty Five. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, All right, Dan. uh, We will catch you next time.
Yes, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.